Hey guys, so welcome. This is part two of Psalm 23. And just a quick summary of part one is the, the first three verses where the, David says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And just the real um, intimacy of that term and of, of him claiming that, that God is his shepherd. Not this abstract out there, other people's shepherd, but he's David's shepherd. And that was my first big point is that the Lord is my shepherd. And do we experience that in our relationships? And do we know what that means and what that feels like and practically outworks in our lives? And one of the ways that, that the psalm then carries on to explain that that really changes our lives is it shifts our perspective. It kind of comes and reorders what we think we really want and who's in control. And he says, he makes me lie down and he leads me and he guides me. And we realize, oh my goodness, it's God who's ultimately in control. And not just that those things are the things that we want, the green pastures and the quiet waters, but actually that ultimately the psalm leads us to the shepherd himself. And we see, wow, it's it's him that we want. It's him that we desire. And so those were the first two points. And I'm going to pray. And then I'm going to go into three more points. So point three, four, and five, as we look at the rest of the psalm. So Father, right, right with me, would you just join me in this prayer? Father, right now, we bring ourselves again as we do love coming before your word. And we ask you to open our ears, take our stubborn hearts and incline them ever more towards you. Let us hear your words and and change our lives and let the Holy Spirit come and and make them so much more than intellectual knowledge. Would the intellect work with with our emotions and would it drop down into our hearts until we know that we believe these things because the Spirit has birthed them and made them come alive inside of our hearts. And that's the expectation that we come to your word with. We love you. I pray you help me to be articulate and clear as we unpack more of this beautiful psalm. In Jesus' wonderful name, we ask these things. Amen. And so I've I've titled the third point, um, Unexpected Twists. And let me read the text and then I'll show you why I think it's just so unexpected. And so, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though, verse 4, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Now, let me, here's the, here's the big unexpected twist, right? Who, who has led the sheep? Because the metaphor is still very much with the sheep. We see there's a rod and a staff. So David's still talking about a shepherd and the sheep are still following the shepherd. But the sheep have followed the shepherd into a dark place, a valley of the shadow of death, a scary place. And, and we need to stop and we need to ask, why have the sheep ended up here? And the answer is that the shepherd has led them there. The shepherd, I want you to get this, has led them into the valley of the shadow of death. And this is profound. And it's a thought that we 
have to settle. If we're going to mature and grow in our relationship with Christ, we have got to settle this thought that he, he is the same good shepherd who leads us to green pastures and quiet waters and restores our soul and refreshes us and leads us in the right paths. That, 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 that Hebrew phrase righteousness literally means in the right path. And the right path is just as much to those green pastures as it is to the valley of the shadow of death. And he's not like, you know, we, we, we have the shepherd and, and he leads us to these good places. And we're like, yeah, I like that shepherd. I want that shepherd. But then we read the Bible more and we realize that it's also the shepherd who leads us into the, sh- the valley of the shadow of death. And we're like, whoa, not so sure I like that shepherd quite as much. But it's the same good shepherd who leads us into both of those places. Now, do you see how that links so beautifully back into part one and how David says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And what we realize is that I shall not want. What it really means for us is that he's in control, that he's leading, that he's guiding us and and he sees what is truly good for us, even when it looks like the valley of the shadow of death. And as a sheep, we're like, no way am I going there. I mean, let's get honest, right? The Psalms are one of the most beautiful places for our vulnerability and our honesty and our brokenness to come because the writers are just so honest but there's no way that as a sheep I'm opting to go through the valley of the shadow of death I'm taking it even though I'm looking at a camera that you're with me on this we didn't opt to go here this is not some blind faith moment or some pretense that actually we just like really love the trials we love trials no 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 we didn't want to go here but something is overriding that And that something is that we've realized that there's a shepherd who's mine and that his ways are better than mine and he cares for me and he leads me to green pastures, but he also sometimes leads me into the valley of the shadow of death. And in that moment of surrender, of surrender, we realize, God, your ways are not mine, but yours are better. And I'm going to follow you even into these crazy places because I know that on the other side you're leading me through this thing and you've decided not to take me around it or above it like a like a plane bursting through the through the storm and suddenly we're in the clean air above it again no you you're leaving me in the storm and there's a reason why you're doing that and I can't see that but I'm going to trust that on the other side of this valley you know what you're doing and it's good for for me your ways not mine. You know, it, it reminds me of sometimes in a castle or in some museum, you'll see these grand tapestries, these huge tapestries. And it just boggles the mind to think how many times that it's been pierced and the, and the, the thread has come through in making this picture. But the, the beautiful thing with those tapestries is you go and you, you turn it around and you look on the back and it's just a mess, right? It's just millions, literally millions of threads running in different directions. And, and the creator was so genius that they, that they knew every single one of those different colors had to poke through on this huge tapestry. And it's like sometimes we're, we're at the back of our tapestry and our lives feel like it's just this mess. And we're like, God, why is that thread going there? 
man? Why you why you keep piercing me through these different holes, God? Why, why, why this shadow, valley of the shadow of death? And then sometime, and it might only even be an eternity, God swivels it around, and suddenly we see, oh, look at what he's been doing with our lives. We see this incredible beauty of the tapestry. And so when we go through crises, like we are right now with, with COVID-19, right around the world, there's, there's two kind of immediate responses that you'd see from men. One of them is this weariness of God. Like, like God, who, who do you think you are? Why are you doing these things? Are you bad? Does a good God do, do bad things to good people? And these kind of like this weariness of God. Or we respond in worship and we say, hey God, I... I realize that I'm the clay in this relationship and you're the potter. That your ways are, are better than, than my ways. There's this beautiful second twist. And the second twist is, I will fear no evil. Man, we've just got to think about how quickly a sheep gets frightened. To think of how this metaphor works in this psalm. Here's a sheep being led, David, into the valley of the shadow of death. And yet he's able to say, "Ah, I'm a sheep, man, but I I don't fear any evil here. And it's not an arrogant kind of like, I'm anything important. It's, It's because you're with me. Your rod and your staff. And those two implements, the rod was like a short club that a, that a shepherd would wear on his belt and that the sheep knew was for for defending the sheep that was to for close encounters for fighting with bears and lions and that club was used and wielded against those those enemies but at the same time the sheep knows that the staff was for the sheep it was for pulling the sheep and for catching the sheep and pulling it close when it was reluctant to come close or maybe it didn't quite know the shepherd all that well yet and it takes time for that relationship to form and the shepherd would have to grab it and bring it back and discipline it and pull it close in order to deal with its wounds and over time the sheep becomes familiar and knows that the shepherd has got his best interests at heart so these These pictures are right there. This picture of surrender and yes, you lead me and you're with me. You're the shepherd. I'm going to trust you. And we're going through this together. Almost two crazy twists. The fourth thing. I've called it stop talking crazy. Stop talking crazy. And it, that little phrase, it comes from, uh, in my memory at least, from um, the, the episode in Friends. Well, I see you've had a very productive day. <laughs> Don't you think the cowboy hat's a little much? Come on, it's fun. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Isn't this a woman's hat? Dude, stop talking crazy and make us some tea. Stop talking crazy. And that's what reminded me when I read verse 5. You prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. You prepare a table before me. Just listen to this. In the presence of my enemies, you anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Man, this is just crazy talk that God, 
the metaphor here shifts from a shepherd to God being a friend, someone welcoming us, a host, someone laying a table and inviting us to eat at that table with them. God setting up a table, but right in the midst of the valley of the shadow of death. While we're still there with our enemies and and the shepherd is fighting off with his club or with his rod. He's fighting off these enemies that are coming in to attack us. Right there, God is is talking crazy. He says, in the midst of your enemies, I'm going to set up a table for you. I'm going to anoint your head with oil, which is a sign of of friendship or kingship. Uh, Your cup is going to be so, so full there's going to be such an abundance here. It's not like a, a little, you know, normal wartime rations where you eat your little cracker and have your little, your little piece of biltong. No, I'm going to have a cup that there's so much that I can pour into your cup and it's going to just overflow. The image of, of eating at a table in the Old Testament is, is way more than just an invited guest just popping in for a moment. It often is the picture of ratifying a covenant, of, of someone becoming part of the family, of saying, I'm, I'm, you're going to come and be part of my home now. I'm, I'm welcoming you as a, not just as a temporary guest, but as a permanent guest, as a permanent friend into my home. And we just think of the image of a table and a table beautifully prepared for us and laid out for us. Taking your wife out for a date or having a special time with your family or a Sunday lunch or whatever it may be. But a place of joy, a place of peace, a place of, of rest, of provision of God providing when we don't know maybe right now you've you might have lost your job or taken a salary cut or your business might be going under or or everything that's going on with COVID-19 right now this is an incredible word that God comes in in the midst of our enemies puts out this feast for us it's crazy talk it's crazy God, the generous host. And so if we have to track this whole psalm and what we've been talking about, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me by quiet waters. He restores my soul. All of this is the shepherd, the biggest biggest win out of that whole that whole section of the psalm is that it's, it's not the green grass, it's not the quiet water, it's the shepherd himself that he's mine, that it's intimate, that it's personal, that I have a shepherd, that he's the ultimate beauty of the story. And then we have no fear. There's these crazy twists that the shepherd is the one who leads me into trouble, that it's him who takes me into the valley of the shadow of death, but also that I'm the sheep, but I'm not afraid because I'm growing in this understanding that he's my shepherd shepherd and that he can care for me as equally well taking me to the pastures and the, and the quiet water as he can in this dark valley with his with his rod and his staff and the one thing I I didn't touch on when we were going through this section is how the language changes from from intimate my shepherd to even more personal he leads me he makes me he guides me when we go into the valley did you see what happened you are with me. You prepare a table for me. Your rod and staff comfort me. And we realize 
that there's even a step closer in the intimacy. And often when we go through these trials and these temptations and these twists in the story and the back of the tapestry and we're in this confused space, we realize afterwards that it's in those moments that God has drawn even nearer. He's not just He will. He's you are. You are with me. It's even more personal. They comfort me, the rod and the staff, and, and we see the beauty of those things which at first we might have been reluctant to accept his rod and his staff because it represents something that has been fearful under our old master who would beat us with those things. And now we come to grace and to mercy and to protection and to being led through. But then my, my fifth point is staring down death. Staring down death. And what happens when the valley of the shadow of death is death itself? What happens as we face a virus like COVID and, and some people we know will probably pass away? What happens when that valley in itself is not just the shadow of death, but the substance of death? It is death itself. And so... We need to know that we have a God who even in those moments stares down death and takes the, the evil that death is and turns it into something beautiful. And this is the ultimate test of the shepherd and the friend and the host, right? Will he be there in that moment, in that death moment? And this is what's so beautiful about the crazy talk of God setting a table with our enemy still there and our enemy death is not gone away he's going to come for every one of us he's going to he's going to knock for every one of us and in those moments one of the commentators say this beautiful little line that the lord is the only guide who will not turn back when it comes to ultimate death He's the only guide who will not at the point of death turn away. Our possessions will turn away. Any earthly mentors we've had will turn away. Every loved one will have to turn away. They can't come with us through that final moment. But the Lord is the only guide who will take us through that final moment. To in the moment of our enemy surrounding us, of the, of the death enemy surrounding us, who will set a table for us and say, I'm coming with you. I'm the shepherd who comes with you through the valley of the shadow of death, even when it is death itself. And then this leads us most beautifully into the, the right into the end of this psalm where it says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. The, the original language for that little word there, follow, is pursue. So it's not like follow, like a trailer follows a car and comes behind it, but it's this active word that pursues you. So the psalmist is saying, man, this, this shepherd is so good. He understands so much of what's good for my life that it's like, it's like I can't even escape. I can't even run away from goodness and mercy. It pursues me. It chases me all the days of my life. But we see that the psalm in some way in the earthly sense ends there. All the days of my life. When the last day of your life is done, that's death. But then there's this beautiful little extension of the verse. All the days of my life, I'm done. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And that little forever 
tells us that it's no longer when he's alive. That finished with all the days of my life. Now I'm going to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Like the table with the enemy. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. And we're invited into a friendship, into a home. This is now the final home where it's not just a home where we can be with God. But it leads us into eternity, into this final home. And that so beautifully illustrates my last Staring down death thought, the very last thought of staring down death is that ultimately it leads us to Jesus Christ who stared down death and was resurrected to life again. And and it's through him that we're able to say, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I'm going to dwell with him forever because Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane was so tempted He was so tempted, Father, is there any other way? Is there any other way that we can guide people to you or bring them to you? And and God said, no. And Jesus said, okay, so not my will, but your will. And another scripture says to us that Jesus, for the joy that was set before him, because he could see and he trusted, he had this relationship with his father where he knew that God knew ultimate good, that he could trust him, that he would go through the other side. And for the joy set before him, he endured the cross for our sake that we too could come home and so Jesus is the ultimate example out of Psalm 23 the ultimate example of how God takes the valley of the shadow of death and something that looks so evil and so scary and so unconquerable and in the life of Jesus we see even death is conquered the only guide who will not turn away at the door of death. Our ultimate shepherd, Jesus. Man, if you don't know him, can I encourage you to come to him with your sin, with your brokenness? He loves you so much that he was prepared to go through his own valley of the shadow of death and he didn't come out the other side. He died there. And then the father raised him back to life for us. It's incredible. Guys, I hope this has blessed you. I hope that the Father has really spoken to you. And as we end, I'm going to ask you just to close your eyes and I'm going to speak this psalm over us one more time. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me, shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen and amen. Bless you guys.